Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuccinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to this annual special episode uh, where Pamela Cuccinell, our uh, wonderful, uh, brave and trusty astrologer, goes in and tells us all about the year ahead. And I'll jump in with our meditation at some point, probably at the end. And uh, so this year is the, in the Chinese astrology is the year of the tiger. I'm sure everyone knows all about that. And um, so the tigers, you know, it's about bravery and, and strength and wisdom. And wow, we all know that uh, we, well, personally, maybe you're brave and wise and strong enough, but, but on the world stage, I certainly would like to see some more wisdom. So hopefully we will see that coming in this year. Um, my uh, sense is intuitively that this is going to be a year of a lot of change and a lot of uh, uh, what we might call revolution. And revolution can be inside, inside you, of course, and inside all of us, and it can be happening out there on the world stage as well. Um, we hope that that will happen, those transformations will happen peacefully, of course. So that's just me going blah, blah, but let's listen to Pam, who has all the wisdom of all the stars out there in the universe, and she can tell us all about what's going on. And as always, please join us for our weekly program where Pam beautifully dissects each day of the week and then I jump in with our meditation. And as you all know, folks, this is um, a free program. So any donations you can offer us are greatly appreciated so that we can continue to offer this program to all of you for free. So thanks so much for joining us. Pamela Cuccinell, my dear, dear friend of many, many years, what is ahead for us? Oh my gosh, yes, 2022, which <clears throat> we were all waiting for the turn of the wheel to bring in a new year because people were just so crazed and sick of uh, 2021. And it is a new year. Energetically, if you look at it numerologically, it is a six year. Of course, we all have personal years that we're in. Um, with your birthday, you can figure out what your personal year is in vibratory sync uh, with this six. But overall, a six is bringing in equilibrium and commitment to relationships and adjustments that must be made. We are seeking stability 
and a willingness to take responsibility for goals. And that is a really strong theme throughout the year, which is echoed in astrology, which of course I will be talking about a lot. I'm not an Eastern astrologer, but it's always uh, fascinating to look at what happens when the lunar new year shifts from the Chinese perspective and enters, in this case, to a tiger, a water tiger. And as Susie said, tigers are, there's certainly a courage aspect to it, but it's also a highly, highly creative year. It's, it's how do you run with what you've got so that you can, again, realize goals and greater ambitions. So those two pieces really help to buttress what I'm about to talk about as we get into the astrology of the year. And what happens is we are in a year that really seems to magnify the energy of the air cycle that... Those of you who have listened to me for a while know that we're in, that we've basically begun this this movement, this trajectory into air, finance, ways of building structures, creating frames. That's what is working with the Jupiter-Saturn cycle. And so we are in this period This beginning period, which is how economy, institutions, innovations, designs, structures will, how the world will turn over the next 180, 200 years. And so the air is emphasized. We're just finishing a Mercury retrograde as we're recording this, which began in the sign of Aquarius. And the other retrogrades that happen this year are also in air signs, Gemini and Libra. So that really speaks about Mercury, the god of communication, how we formulate information and really collaborate with one another are we doing that words are getting thrown out memes are happening everybody's sort of this has been going on to a point where people's heads are about to explode and the soundbite way of communicating is morphing we are in a period where we're being asked to deepen into how we express information And a lot of this has been with the seduction of the mediums, television, electronics, digital, that can make information travel very quickly. But it's content that is eluding a lot of what gets delivered. And it's not, it's not for no symbolic connection that books are being banned in schools in Texas as I'm speaking and probably other parts of the country and world where people are deciding 
that they don't want their children to have exposure to certain information because that's how they will protect them. And the vigilance of protecting, protecting, insulating that goes on through the entire digital chain <clears throat> and awareness of how as an individual, we may be imposing this on ourselves. It's part of the seduction, again, of thinking everybody thinks the way I think or all the good people think the way I think is creating insular environments for your brain where you only see and read things that reinforce how you think. <clears throat> and as we are beginning in the beginning steps of this air cycle, that's not what's going to bring us to the renaissance. <laughs> the renaissance occurs because uh, people expose themselves, chewed on, brought in new ideas, new thoughts, new concepts without fear. And there goes the tiger running for what does the tiger run for what does the tiger hunt for what does the tiger look for spend most of its energy doing food i'm talking about food for our brains food for our inherent well-being for our growth for our equilibrium for our stability we're on, we've been on this seesaw of back and forth, I think, you think, my camp, your camp. And what we need to do over the course of this year is work on balancing the equilibrium so that there is more communication in a richer way. <clears throat> Another piece that seemed to really emphasize for this, this for me is that Venus began this year retrograde. <clears throat> and I'll talk more about Venus in a moment. So Venus, the symbol of the feminine, the goddess of love. And interestingly, Venus symbolizes many things, how we, how we express what we want, um, how we attract what we want. Uh, what we wear to attract what we want. So the expression is more diplomatic and less aggressive. That's the realm of Mars. The expression is more, I will reflect what I want to bring to me. It's also about self-worth. I expect to make a certain income because that's what I'm worth. And we see all the time people <laughs> expect to get a lot of wealth, and they do, even though one might be scratching their head about what is a value that they keep transmitting. So Venus has a lot to do with what we value and care about and coming in at the beginning of 2022 retrograde in the sign of Capricorn. and. When she began the retrograde, she was conjunct Pluto. Now she's direct. She's been direct since January 29th. And she will 
re-engage with the planet uh, Pluto in early March. So what does that mean? Well, Pluto is at its last decan in the sign of Capricorn, the last 10 degrees. So we are in the process of finishing up all the lessons we've been given about how existing structures must change. They either morph and adapt to the world in which we are becoming, or they fall apart. And in Capricorn, what's especially looked at has been financial institutions, structures that are status quo, corporations, governments, uh, anything that has a, uh, this is the way it's always been. And so we see the flailing of the dinosaur way of being, but, you know, the it's supposed to look like this. The people in power are supposed to look like this. And especially just with the United States focus, um, it's been uh, white men of a certain age, which has been in the process of changing and now really must change. And so we see the denouement of this existing structure and how belligerent and aggressive it is about resisting change. But we begin with Venus retrograde at this year saying, what is it we really value? What are the intrinsic values to bring to structures? And you know, highlighting on, again, the United States, which is about to go through a Pluto return. <laughs> this is a very personal transit for the United States, big animal in the global sphere. And so not to be United States centric, but what happens within the United States and how it asserts itself and what it reflects out over the course of 2022, 2023, 2024, as the Pluto cycle continues, is going to determine <clears throat> the course of how it restructures its government. So values, very, very important, and emphasis on the feminine. What do we love? How do we reflect that energetically to bring in, receive what it is we really love and care about. And if it's been tainted, if it's not working, if it's not sustainable, then it needs to go to get uh, recycled, composted, Pluto word, into a new way of being. And as we end 2022, the planet Mars will be retrograde in the sign of Gemini. Again, an air sign about communication. How do we, how do we put our money where the mouth is? Because that's what it's about. If we begin with this sense of this is what we value, this is who we are, this is 
this is who we are. That's what, you know, the United States keeps saying. But what is it really? And if they really do want to reflect human rights and be a welcoming, integrated nation, when Mars is retrograde in the sign of Gemini, a lot of fracturing and argument and discussion is going to incur to determine the course of where the great ship of the United States is going to go. Is it going to sink? <laughs> or is it going to shape itself to be a seaworthy vessel for this millennium and this air cycle? So now I'm going to talk a little more linear about the year itself. Eclipses. Now, eclipses are, they're, they're basically highlights on the year because what happens with eclipses is they call attention to something. It may be quiet or it may be very loud, depending on where it falls on your personal horoscope. So I'm going to begin by touching back into 2021 because we still are in the arc of some energetic things that happened with the eclipses as the year ended. And one that is particularly of note <clears throat> is the lunar eclipse that happened November 19th. And it's of particular note because at 27 degrees Taurus, it was on the horoscope of the president of the United States. And this is a particular note because the president, yes, is a person that's going through personal transits, but also is the figurehead leader of the nation. So what happens in his horoscope is a reflection of what's happening to the country in which he leads. So, of particular note on this eclipse is that on February 15th, very soon, it will be exact with the North Node point. Now, the North Node and South Node are points in the sky where the sun, moon uh, cross at eclipse points, and they are indicative of karmic lessons for the year. And when we're born, where the position speak a lot of what we've come from and what we're here to do. So I expect mid-February to see a heightened energy of whatever needs to be revealed or focused on with, yes, the present presidency, but where the United States is, what is it that is the emphasis, the, the focus? And one thing that's really telling of this eclipse energy is that it is trining where Pluto is traveling. So it indicates the People say to me, why is Joe Biden so unpopular at this point in time? Well, he's unpopular because the country isn't happy with where it's at. <laughs> they just aren't. There's been a lot of division, a lot of fracturing, a lot of reshaping 
And part of what's happening as we're moving to this Pluto return is what is it we want to be as a nation? And it's not a unity at this point. So it, I don't think it's an accident that we've had two full moon presidents in a row because it, it highlights that um, that push-pull that occurs with a person. This is what I want to shine and do in my outer life. And this is what I want to be in my inner life. This is how I react emotionally. And how do we bring those things into balance when they're 180 degrees from one another? And again, the sun represents masculine yang energy in the moon feminine yin energy once again not a mistake it's all about how do we integrate come to better terms with this polarity that we've created and we see it with young people or even not so young people who are identifying with more gender fluidity they don't want the do or die labels not all of them but the the fact that there is this very strong movement and exploration another indication and sign of how do we balance the power more effectively because it's been imbalanced for too long certainly all through the first millennium which was the emphasis on the male, on the patriarchies. Okay, so the other thing to note is, as I said, Mercury has just gone direct as I'm recording this. And Venus went direct at the end of January. And she returns to her conjunction with Pluto in early March, and then continues to move on. So back to eclipses. Eclipses sometimes will touch your horoscope directly. As I said, in the case of Joe Biden, where the November eclipse was right on his sun moon, actually. <clears throat> So when I give you the signs for the eclipses, look to see where they're falling in your horoscope. If you don't have a horoscope, uh, astro.com is a wonderful resource where you can get a free horoscope wheel. And what's of note is when we notice where the moon is traveling through the houses, the areas of life in our horoscope we can start to track how those days work for us or don't work for us, which days we might prefer to be more insular, which days we tend to go out and shine more. <clears throat> All reflected in where the moon is traveling because the moon signifies the mood of the day. And so eclipses where the sun and moon are in direct line to one another, one hiding the other, depending on orientation to earth. 
they show if we're getting a personal revelation, personal upset, something that occurs, whether we want to be more internal, if it's a reflection or if it's something in the outer world. And in general, something happens. And to give you a handle on this year's eclipses, because eclipses go in cycles. They usually travel in pairs. Every now and then we see a triplet, but they're always at least in a pair. And they also occur in a cyclical way. And the last time these eclipses happened was in 2004. So when I talk about the dates of the eclipses and the signs that are highlighted, you might want to reflect on what was going on for you in 2004 around that point in time, because that's going to let you know just how personal this eclipse may be for you. So the solar eclipse that occurs April 30th is at 10 degrees Taurus. And this one is very, very strong for people who are working through a lot of the recent lessons from the Saturn-Uranus square. So I'll be talking more about that relatively soon as well. But the solar eclipse, it's like a, a door is open and then it's suddenly shut. So we get something and whether we act on it or not is totally up to us and whether we act on it then or if we store the information and say, okay, this is something I'm going to revisit. And if it's that revisit energy, it may have something to do with whatever was revealed or shown to you in 2004 in the spring. Lunar eclipse that is the pair to that happens on May 16th. And that's at 25 Scorpio, 18 minutes. Now, those of you who have been listening intently <laughs> probably recognize that that 25 Scorpio is pretty darn close to the November 19th, 2021 eclipse that happened at 27 Taurus, Scorpio being the opposite sign. So yes, I would imagine people who are born around when Joe Biden was born uh, November 20th, that that is a highlight in some way for them. October 25th, solar eclipse, and that's a two degrees Scorpio, zero minutes. And the lunar eclipse that's the pair is November 8th, 16 degrees Taurus, zero minutes. So yes, these eclipses are in Taurus and Scorpio. And the north-south node is traveling in Taurus and Scorpio throughout the year. 
So the nodal lessons, <clears throat> the highlights, when nodes roughly change signs every year, not on January 1st, but, you know, there, <laughs> there is that vibratory shift that occurs. And so this year is really thought-provoking, as I said earlier, about what you value and how aligned is that with what you invest in. And I'm not just talking about money, although money is, of course, is an important component to it. Taurus is a sign that's linked to the planet Venus. Scorpio is a sign that's linked to the planet Mars. And a lot of modern astrologers consider it linked to the planet Pluto. I always like to look at the traditional aspects first. But Pluto is the higher octave of Mars, so it is valuable to consider that as well. And as I've told you, Venus and Pluto do a dance together this year, especially impactful because Pluto, uh, Venus is a fast-moving planet. So she has met Pluto regularly <laughs> during her, her orbit. So because of this... The reason why it's impactful now is because of the retrograde. The, the kind of going underground, Venus aligned with Persephone energy, maiden, goddess, entering into the domain of death and transformation. This is where we are. Can you hear how powerful a year this is? And it's not a year to be afraid. You're the tiger. It's a year to communicate more effectively. If you have fears, write them down. Communicate them effectively. Fears become a lot less scary as we articulate them, as we cook with other people. How can we make you feel more comfortable? What would work in a way that helps you get through this? These are ways in which we enrich ourselves and enrich our relationships. <clears throat> okay, I will touch on the retrogrades because people generally like to know that. So Mercury goes retrograde at 4 Gemini on um, May 10th. Oh, wow. Yeah, May 10th is significant also because Jupiter enters Aries. Jupiter is in Pisces now. And Jupiter enters Aries on May 10th, interestingly, when Mercury goes retrograde. So I see this as a huge reminder that we really want to watch what we say and how we say it, not be afraid to say it, but to really understand the impact of our words, because Jupiter, Jupiter makes bigger anything it touches. So if you're in Aries and Jupiter's going into Aries or your moon is in Aries or your rising sign is in Aries, and if you have a habit of just sort of rushing the gate and not looking back or seeing who, what the consequences are, know that when Jupiter's coming into Aries, 
this is a lesson time for you. And remember, Jupiter, um, Jupiter's cycle is 12 years. So the last time Jupiter was in this Pisces into Aries cycle was 2000, 2010. 2010. And so into 2011, that would be Jupiter and Aries. 2010, mainly Jupiter and Pisces, but we're doing this transition. So Mercury retrograde, May 10th, and it goes direct on June 3rd. And as long as I brought up Jupiter and Pisces, I'm going to talk about Jupiter and Pisces. So Jupiter in Pisces right now is in a sign it's very comfortable with. It wants to expand. It wants to, it wants to touch everyone. And it can be very loving. It can be wonderful for meditation, for creativity, all those things. Fabulous, fabulous. But we also have to keep in mind that Jupiter in Pisces is going to expand what's going on with Jupiter, with, um, sorry, Neptune in Pisces. And these two planets are hugging one another around April 9th and 10th. Now, one could say, wow, that's going to be an amazing day. And it may be. Maybe an amazing couple of days, certainly creative music will sound better than usual sound really emphasized vibratory energy really emphasized. But when we look back historically on when Jupiter is conjunct Neptune. Some of the themes are about health. Uh, historically, in 1919, we had the Spanish flu. And in 2009, we had the swine flu. Uh, also about money, finances, because Neptune is uh, people with very strongly aspected Neptunes, especially in the sign of water, are often very good with money. They intuitively know when to invest. Uh, and that can be also illusionary because Neptune is, uh, Neptune's about, things that are not the plane of reality as we see it. So there's a lot of Maya, a lot of um, fantastic things connected with Neptune. So it's really important to be grounded when we're working with Neptune a lot. That's, I mean, it can be amazing for art, for music, for investments, absolutely amazing. But we need to be on the earth plane as well. So things that happen financially, historically, with money, when we've had Neptune and Jupiter conjunction, we had a recession in 1919 and in 2009, same times as the flu. It's interesting how, of course, uh, very strong flus or pandemics um, also affect commerce. And I think an incredibly big thing that happened was in 1971, NASDAQ was founded on the stock exchange and huge, Nixon dropped the gold standard. 
also at that point in time, Neptune having to do with people who feel victimized or enslaved, we had the Attica riots. So what are we going to see with Jupiter and Pisces, especially with Neptune and Pisces? I would say all these things. We already have the pandemic uh, and, and what's what it's cost and, and what's occurring at, because of it. Uh, financial shifts and changes are in the midst of occurring during this point in time, some of which we have direct control of, some of which we don't. So again, it's important as I talk about Venus and values and Pluto, invest in what you value, invest your time, invest your money, invest your focus, your dreams. What do you really value? It's not so much about, and this is one of the lessons from the pandemic that a lot of people got, it's not so much how much money you make as the quality of your life and what that means for others. And does it really give you what you're investing in? <clears throat> so when Jupiter and Neptune are conjunct, it's important to see that point in time as one that you really want to emphasize hope, love, and connectivity with. So Jupiter enters Aries, as I said, on 510, really driving in this message about communicating effectively. And it goes retrograde July 28th. Now, Jupiter retrograde is always very important for entrepreneurs, people who have their own business, um, anyone who's making an investment, buying real estate, because when it's retrograde, our return isn't going to be as great as what we put into it. So you don't, depending on your horoscope, you don't necessarily want to start a business or launch in between July 28th and November 23rd when Jupiter goes direct. On October 28th, it goes back into the sign of Pisces. So it has another time when we're, we're revisiting and reflecting on any lessons learned when Jupiter was in Pisces. And it enters Aries firmly at the end of the year, December 20th. And that will carry us into 2023, which is a really hot year. This year is so much about personal reflection and activation aligning with what you really value and care about. Uh, if, if you live in a country like the United States and you can see that there's a lot of turns that are happening politically, get involved with what you care most about because the people are really the ones who are going to steer, steer the ship, but only if they get involved. And that's, that's the piece that's of primary importance. On September 10th, Mercury goes retrograde at eight degrees Libra, and it goes direct again on October 2nd. And... I'm just glancing at the other important things I need to tell you. Here we go. Um, so here, 
Mars goes retrograde October 30th at 25 degrees Gemini, and it doesn't go direct until January 12th, also in the sign of Gemini. So Mars is in Gemini an inordinate amount of time (laughs) in 2022 and spilling into 2023. And when Mars is retrograde, we, those of us who have trouble with anger, with expressing anger, it really is forcing us to understand that from within and find ways to articulate it clearly, because that's what the Gemini's about. So, and as I said, it's in air. So this year determines so much how we move into this air cycle. We're already in it. And some people have been kicking and screaming. They don't like the way it's shifting. But air economy and structures and ways of being have to do with collaboration, communication, innovation, education. It's not about banning books. It's about expanding literature, digging into higher concepts and philosophies. So so let's see if we can turn this ship around. And, okay, on December 8th, the sun is in opposition to Mars. Now, when the sun is in opposition to Mars, it is a, it's kind of an angry day. It's volatile. And this particular point seems extremely emotional to me because the moon is conjunct Mars, which is retrograde. So if you're a Martian person, and here's how you know if you're a Martian person, it's strongly aspected in your horoscope. You have strong Scorpio or Aries energy in your horoscope. If you're a Mars person, (laughs) then this day is one that you can be incredibly effective or incredibly wrong. So choose how you want to go into it. If you're in the space of a Mars person and you may not know that, you know, it may be it, it may be somebody in a shop or it may be your partner. Just be aware. It's a day when you can cut through a lot of stuff, but anger has to be tempered. The sword has to be honed. Incredibly powerful day. And the last thing I'll talk about, because you can get the week to week by listening to Susie and and me every week. Um, But the last thing I'm going to talk about is this year is the finish up of the structural shifts that have occurred due to the Saturn square Uranus. And so Uranus in Taurus is about earth changes. It's in the sign of Taurus. That's the earth. It's physical changes. So climate, yes, yes, yes. But also What is it that we structure our commerce and economies on? 
and Saturn in Uranus, uh, sorry, Saturn in Aquarius at square with Uranus has been about how do we move what seems so entrenched to benefit the wider humanity? How do we do this? What are the structural changes? And, you know, it's it's ironic. I, I mean, I read The Silent Spring when I was in high school, Rachel Carson's book, and totally freaked out. And here we are. So it's as though the Earth, Uranus in Taurus, Uranus engaged with Gaia, and that's a wonderful myth that I'm not going to tell the story of right now, but Gaia, Gaia basically created Uranus out of her longing. So the Earth wanted uh, a companion. So she creates Uranus, the god of the sky, gravity. And, of course, out of Uranus eventually birthed humanity. So there's this, and it's it's a wild myth, but I, I don't really have time for it now. You can read about it on my website. Just just Google Gaia and I mean uh, search Gaia on my website, and I tell the story. But <clears throat> but out of the longing, she birthed chaos essentially, because Uranus is chaos. So now we've got Uranus in Taurus. And so we've got chaos on the earth. Well, you know, what do we do with that? We create. That's what we do. We create structures that work to complement chaos. That's what we do. And so we cut through the fear. We embrace the longing. And we work with chaos, not against it. Saturn-Uranus, the square, ends at September 30th, 2022. So the whole arc of it is pretty much the end of September to the end of October. And once we pass through that last doorway of it, my intentions are that we are in a much more stable place to work creatively with the chaos. And now I turn it over to Susie. Welcome everybody to the meditation. So I invite you now just to take 10 little minutes just to jump in for a meditation on 2022, the Chinese zodiac year of the tiger. So let's take this 10 minutes to become the tiger and uh, let's become the mother tiger. So for those of you that like to really have a, an imaginative ride, just feel yourself getting all furry, feel yourself becoming very muscly and sharpening those teeth, feel your ears growing out and your whiskers and your long tail, and just feel just for a moment just the magnificence of that incredible beast, that incredible, powerful animal, the tiger. 
just feel yourself with your stripes, beautiful uh, red, brown, and white fur with the black stripes. And just imagine yourself now as the big tiger. And as you fill up your, your tiger being, feel yourself becoming strong and really feel that strength in your muscles, in your body, that you have the physical stamina of this great animal. And feel that wonderful energy as it's moving through your body. Just recalibrating anywhere where you might have some physical issues. Feel that strength coming in. And holding, holding in your body. And then as we move with the tiger, the ease of movement, the speed of movement, the stealth of movement, feel all of those being incorporated also into your being. Knowing that the tiger is in itself a very powerful animal. Let's also bring in the power into our minds and into our emotions. That the tiger is a very sensitive, a highly sensitive creature. And feel that sensitivity coming in, not as any way a problem, but in fact as a strength, that you have the sensitivity of observation, of feeling and knowing and having a sense of things around you. And allow now us to examine the spiritual areas and to really feel deeply that courage, that bravery, that ability to stand up and speak in this world for justice, speak in this world for balance, for the safety and security of all beings here, and just feel that, that bravery, that confidence, that that sense of strong will bubbling up inside of you. And as we're feeling that, knowing that when we have the strength, when we have the confidence, when we have this, this uh, ability within us, we can achieve anything anything that we really put our mind to, and we can dream big. 
And this is especially a time of year now at the beginning of year, going into the first few months of the year, to really dream big and really tap deeply into our creativity. What can we do now to bring about everything in our life and in the life of the world that is for the highest good of all beings? Allow ourselves to see past any types of obstacles or barriers to use our creativity and our bravery to overcome those and to create something now in our life that will be perhaps the the beginning of a new life. What can we do today, in the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks and months that really puts into motion something that is for us our mission, something that is for us our goal, our life goal, our desire, our wish for our lifetime. What can we change? What can we overturn? What can we transform now with this bravery and confidence to move forward? And as we're feeling this courage, as we're feeling our beautiful tigerness, how can we be a mother tiger? Whether we're, we're whatever we are, by gender, by sex, by anything, how can we all be a mother tiger now in this world and protect our world, protect? our families, protect our environment? How can we come forth now with the intelligence and and nobility of the tiger to really address any type of injustice in our world and to protect ourselves, to protect those around us, to protect the birds, the ants, the bees, the trees? Now, especially in this year when, when we know, when we can see that climate change is absolutely devastating our world, what can we do now personally and in groups? How can we come together? How can we come together now more in a communal way to be bringers of change? to be those exquisite human beings on our planet that take on the challenge from our place of unconditional love, from our place of wisdom and intelligence to bring change. So just feel that in your being. Feel the strength in your being. Feel the energy within you and just notice now how can you reach out to others, others that think like you, others that feel like you and create community, create tribe, create a group of people that you can work with together 
This is very much a time of collaboration, of coming together for the highest cause, for the greatest cause. So let's just really emphasise now within ourselves, really, really allow that courage, that nobility, that bravery to well up and as we're feeling it, feel the excitement, the motivation of moving forward, of creating our world as we want it now, of allowing change, allowing transformation and being a part of it, not just an observer, no longer the observer but the active participant. And as we feel that energy now, sending that energy of we can do it, of courage, of creativity, we're sending it out to the world at large with peace, with loving kindness. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Pam, for the year forecast. And hopefully we will see you all on a weekly basis for the forecast and the meditation. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you and we hope you all have a really powerful, insightful year. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pam. Love now. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of activespirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share 